1: What's up, Road of his listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of his Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Road of his Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into to another Road of his Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Road of his NFL pass right now at roto forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Road of his website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. We're
2: talking Will Fuller on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz. I am back on this Friday. The first Friday in a long time in which there was football the night prior. Hopefully you got to sit down, watch some of that game, take it in. I have not uh, done that yet. Actually started recording right around kickoff. So if there's any breaking news from that, I will not be aware as I record this. But starting to get a little bit used to doing this thing solo, unfortunately, was not able to make things happen Um you know, with with, with Curtis uh, for this final episode here. He will be back next week, though. I can promise you that. Nonetheless, I think we have a great show lined up here. There's a couple of topics I'm really excited to talk about. And without further ado, I want to take a minute to talk about Will Fuller. Now, the interesting thing about Fuller is that he is coming off a very odd ending to last year with the suspension, but before it, he was looking pretty darn good. So naturally, there's this question of, was he being helped a lot out by the uh, performance-enhancing drugs that led to the suspension? Uh, I think that it's possible maybe... It helped with his ability to stay on the field, but we've known for a long time now that Will Fuller is a very talented player. When he's on the field, good things have to happen. All you have to do to know that is go to the game splits app and look at how Deshaun Watson fared when he was playing with Will Fuller and how he fared when he wasn't. So just to recap, uh, he made it to week 12 and then November 30th was suspended six games for violating the league's policy on performance enhancing drugs. So he missed the last five games of the 2020 season. That does mean that he's going to miss the first game of the 2021 season. Now that is likely on some level contributing to him falling down draft boards. If you look in the Rotoviz best ball tools or the redraft tools for the FFPC, uh, ADP. I'm looking at best ball right now. You're probably going to see that he's somewhere around 45, wide receiver 45. If you're looking back two or so weeks, as a team at the site, we have fuller, closer to that 30 to wide receiver 33 range. So There's a pretty decent buying opportunity if you're in best ball right now. And I think as we approach approach redraft, I'm not sure that you're going to see Will Fuller stock rising up that much. And I think that that's fair. You do have him coming off of the suspension. You have him on a new team with a quarterback that I think a lot of people are unsure about. Though, if you actually go back and you look at his numbers for a rookie, it was a pretty compelling season, though it may not have felt like it. And then, of course, you have the inherent questions with Fuller about his ability to stay on the field. So there's a lot of things factoring into this. I will say, though, that it's worth going back and just thinking about how good he was last year. And that's not to say that I think we see him carrying that type of performance that he had going last year into his new situation in Miami, but just to highlight the fact that, uh, you know, Fuller has had success historically, and the last time we saw him on the field, he was playing pretty well, albeit with a quarterback that is likely better, uh, but not in a high-powered offense, I would not say. So the other thing I want to point out is that Fuller has actually gone between 21 and 25 points in almost uh, in about a fifth of his games going back the last three seasons. Last year in just 12 games, put up a wide receiver one performance in three games. That was good for 27% of the time. From a PPR perspective, he finished eight in PPR points per game. Think about that. He only played to week 12 and he still finished as a top uh, 32 wide receiver. He was at 12 in total touchdowns. He absolutely balled out and showed some of what we had been thinking at the site for a long time he would be able to do. In fact, if you go back and you look at his 2019 and his 2020 and the way that those combine into the range of outcomes tool, you get a projection that makes him a top 12 wide receiver. I am not expecting that he realizes that upside, if you will, off of that range of outcomes projection, because uh, I think there are a lot of factors that you have to bake into how you're considering him for the year. that tool is just not going to know about, but that, that there's a lot of a lot of positive signal for Fuller uh, to overcome or to maybe compensate for some of the things that drafters are worried about. So we see him now going at wide receiver 45, which is fantastic because you can now get in on a player like Fuller, who has a very decent chance of being a wide receiver two. If he's not a wide receiver two, I like his chances of being a wide receiver three. And you can do that at a very late point in the draft. Uh, so it presents an interesting opportunity. Fuller has been in the league for some years now though. Uh, but he's still, uh, only 27. He will not turn 28 until next April. One of the things I spent some time looking at this afternoon was Tua uh, Tungavailoa and how he performed last year throwing the deep ball. So, in terms of actual shots downfield, he only threw downfield. Uh, 15 times, right. Had 15 dropout or excuse me, 15 attempts in which he went downfield throwing an air yards total. So a throw distance of 25 or more only did that 15 times. However, though, he actually has one of the highest, um, catchable percentages of all quarterbacks with 60% of his deep throws being deemed catchable. Uh, so that's actually pretty impressive. Um, now of course, you know, maybe that number goes down if you increase the sample, but, um, that should be encouraging as we all know that Fuller is that downfield threat. We'd love to see him be able to establish himself in this Miami offense when he's going to be playing with another player that is very speedy. I believe to be very talented in Jalen Waddle. So should be pretty interesting I don't think that we need to go too much further into what Tua means for him in this offense. I think the key point here really is just that we have a player who can easily outperform his ADP where he is Um, until the ADP starts to creep up. I don't think we really need to pop into all of
0: those other factors all that much.
2: So this question is coming in from a gentleman named Chris always love getting the questions. This is an interesting one. So he is in a 10 team PPR league two quarterback keeper league. You're allowed to keep three players each year and you can keep a player for three years, but they move up two rounds in the following year. So he has four players he's trying to choose between. A.J. Brown in the 7th, C.D. Lamb in the 8th, T. Higgins in the 10th, and LaVisca Chenault in the 15th round. He says that initially he was leaning toward Brown, Lamb, and Higgins, but the more he researches and thinks about it, he's worried that it might be dumb to throw Chenault back when he can lock in his price for the next three years. Um... We're allowed to keep three players each year. We're allowed to keep a player for three years, but they move up two rounds in the following year. So I think what that means though, is that if you keep Chenault and you do it for three years, he's going to go 15 to 13, 13 to 11, 11 to nine. Okay. So I guess that's, that's not too crazy there. Um, he says that he's thinking of roster construction and leaning towards hitting on wide receiver early, paired with an elite tight end, followed up by a few high-end quarterbacks and going full zero running back. Uh, he says, I think it comes down to Higgins versus Schnault. Also, I've also been thinking about throwing Higgins back to the pool, knowing his ADP is still in the running back dead zone or targeting Jamar Chase. This is an interesting one. Um, yeah, this is a really interesting one. So generally... When I'm thinking about my keepers, and I'd imagine this is how a lot of people approach it, you're thinking about which of your options are the most scarce resource. So which players would you not be able to replace? I would say that at this point, AJ Brown and C.D. Lamb fall into a category where there's not many players like them. It's very hard to replace that. Despite the fact that they're going to be going at high prices, uh, it's worth taking them. The other thing you got to keep in mind, too, I think, that we lose sight of a lot when we're thinking about keeper leagues. Um, if you forego keeping one of your good players, but most of the other teams in your league are keeping their good players, who are you going to use your draft picks on? Right. It's possible that the guy you're tossing back in there uh, could end up being one of your best options without knowing in this league what other teams keepers might look like. Without knowing their makeup, Uh, I'm not sure that's accurate, but that's something to pay attention to in all leagues. I mean, generally, if you look at teams' rosters, you can get a good sense of at least half of the players that they're going to keep, which will kind of inform you as to what the draft is actually going to look like. But the other thing that I would do here, if I'm trying to think about this, I would head over to the Dynasty rankings that we have up on the site for a league like this, pop it over to Superflex, and... Then let's take a look at these wide receivers here. So, CD Lamb comes in at third, and AJ Brown at fifth in our composite. Um, worth noting because it's notable to the question. We already have Jamar Chase in the top five, uh, but I think that that kind of cements for you the fact that AJ Brown, CD Lamb should be staying despite the high prices. We kind of already established that. T Higgins comes in at wide receiver nine and then he's followed up by LaVisca Chenault at, at wide receiver 30. So I agree. This comes down to Higgins and Chenault. In my opinion, I would keep Higgins for this year. A, because you see it reflected in his ranking that there's a lot of reason to feel good about him. It's still a 10th round valuation, which isn't terrible. But more than anything, I think if you're considering these players, I still think there's a lot of questions surrounding Chenault. I mean, it's easy to feel good about him as a player that we really liked at the site, um, as a player that has a lot of talent, is going to be playing with a quarterback we think is going to be very good, but there's still a lot of things we don't really know about that offense. There's a lot of things that we don't know about Chenault himself, but what we do know is Higgins is likely a better player. Uh, In my opinion, I'm not sure that there's much of an argument you could make right now for Chenault being in a similar range. If you look at their situations, I'm not sure that You could make a compelling case that they're anything but equal or that Chenault is in the better situation. Um, Maybe you could go with it that, you know, he's not dealing with a player like Jamar Jamar, Jamar Chase, who might be a generational talent, but we don't know that if you have Higgins and Chase in the same offense, that doesn't allow Higgins to just kind of explode. So, Yes, you could get Chenault a little bit cheaper, uh, but I wouldn't overvalue the advantage that might give you for the reasons that I talked about earlier, where you have to think about this player pool. So in my opinion, I would toss Chenault back and I would keep Higgins. All right, I'm going to do a bit of a lightning round here, playing Dynasty Redraft Cut. Uh, I'm going to say three players names, and then I have to assign one player to my dynasty roster, my redraft roster, and then the third player I have to cut. I'm going to try to keep these uh, as short as possible rifle through these, maybe one sentence per player. Nick Chubb, JK Dobbins, Derek Henry. I've had concerns about Dobbins and redraft, but I think he's a very talented player given the youth and the fact that that uh, I think he's a multi-talented type of player. I will put him on the Dynasty team. Leaves me with Chubb and Henry heading into the season. I don't think it would surprise anybody if I said that I expect a little bit more out of Henry in 2021. He's the redraft option. Leaves me cutting Nick Chubb. Dynasty redraft cut. David Montgomery, Trey Sermon, Kareem Hunt. Trey Sermon, youngest of the group, in an offense where there's potential for multiple backs to be used, double-edged sword. But I do expect that he's going to be one of the players getting used. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see him getting a higher percentage of volume than people think. Um, I like him better than David Montgomery right now. And Dynasty leaving me with Kareem Hunt battling it out with David Montgomery. Montgomery should be the first guy in his offense, Kareem Hunt. Has to get cut as a result of that. Dynasty redraft cut Robert Tunyon Cole Komet, Tyler Higby. This one is a little bit more tough, uh, in thinking about how I'm going to approach the redraft option. We saw Cole Komet come on towards the end of last year. Might have a decent young quarterback in Justin Fields, hopefully. Uh but I think that as a prospect, Kmet looked pretty looked pretty good for that class that he came out in. I'm going to keep him on the Dynasty team. I was surprised when I went through my projections with where Tyler Higby came out heading into this year. That said, uh, Robert Tunyon definitely had chemistry with Aaron Rodgers last year. There's some players to contend with in the Rams offense for sure, even if, uh, Gerald Everett is no longer there. Um, but I think that I do have to go with Tunyon when I look at the full situation, just think that there's more runway for him to remain a prominent part of his offense in comparison to Higby. And then finally, to close things off, Jalen hurts, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill. I am not buying into the fact that we see Deshaun Watson ending up in Philly. And it's interesting. There's a player that we have not seen play in Justin Fields. We've talked about how much Curtis and I like Jalen Hurts. Truth is, though, I actually think that you could make a case. And there's a decent chance that Justin Fields is a very good NFL quarterback, potentially better than Hurts. Uh, I'm going to go with the player that a team went out to get in the first round. I think that Fields and Hurts, even if you think the talent level is the same, that is a little bit of a tiebreaker. Uh, personally, I think that Fields is probably better than Hurts, although I do like Hurts, which leaves me between Hurts and Ryan Tannehill for redraft this year. I will go with the upside that we've been talking about, take Hurts, and that leaves me cutting Ryan Tannehill. So it's Friday. Curtis normally sends you off with some nice inspirational, um, motivational type of message. I am just going to go with, I'm very happy that we're approaching this season, that football is coming back, take a little bit of time to relish that, start doing the things that you need to get done. The projects that you've been promising somebody you're going to work on around the house or somebody that you've been trying to meet up with, hang out with, family members that you owe a visit, owe a phone call. Do it now. Get it out of the way so that once this season is here, you can just park yourself on the couch and watch football all weekend. Looking forward to uh, getting back into the normal routine next week, and we will see you then.